The first reading can be found on page 686 of the Pew Bibles. It's Isaiah chapter 2, pages 1 to, verses 1 to 5. It's Isaiah 2. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations, and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the gospel reading is from Matthew's gospel, chapter 24. on page 994. Matthew 24, starting at verse 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood... People were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. been seated a long time and I'm about to preach. So you better stand up a little bit. Please stand up. I'm going to shout, God is good, and you shout back all the time, and then I shout all the time, God is good. Here we go. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. Great, thank you. 
I don't know if that was enough, but anyway. <laughs> Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, we pray that you'd speak into our lives today. May your word live for us. That we may be watching for your coming and ready. Amen. So in this preparation for Lent, uh, oh, 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 not Lent, it's not Lent yet, is it? <laughs> Shows how long I've been in that, out the church. <laughs> Behave yourself, Timothy. It's, we're looking at, at uh, today's theme is, is watching, watching for the end of the world. And <laughs> with the election of Donald Trump, we can easily believe that that's going to happen. <laughs> so, have we prayed yet? Yes. We have. Okay. Before I start, I want to just share something which has meant an awful lot to Carol and I. Back in Zimbabwe, in roundabout, Robert Mugabe wanted to bring in, in 2000, he wanted to bring in a new constitution. And surprise, surprise, the new constitution was going to increase his powers, make him president for life. No surprises there. But, but, but was, was the most dreadful constitution. It was the real despot's constitution. And the country had to vote yes or no. An organization called the National Constitutional Assembly had already formed and had been fighting for a new constitution, and Mugabe just said, well, okay, you want a new constitution, you can have mine. And so then we, the, the, the National Constitutional Assembly tried to mobilize to get out there the message, vote no. But the problem was that they could not, getting out there was the hard thing, because the government controlled the radio stations, and the television stations. The government controlled the main main daily that was the highest selling daily called the Herald. The government controlled the schools where there could have been meetings and school halls, so they couldn't there are a small number of private schools, but that was nothing nothing like the number you need. And and the the the, the, the Constitutional Assembly was was using places like the Boy Scouts halls and the Girl Guides halls, but those things are small and they and they really are just in the urban areas. They're not they're not big enough to to impact the 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 people, and and so the thing was going rather badly. And I was I, I happened to be speaking to to. Um, to the to, to the to the head of the National Constitutional Assembly, the Secretary General, actually, and he was telling me the problem. He said, "Tim, we can't we can't address the people. We can't tell them about the implications of a yes vote and 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 to encourage them to vote no. We are having meetings down at 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 shopping centres, but it's not it's not we can't do this. We're struggling to get the message out." There was a small opposition newspaper, but its circulation wasn't nearly enough to really mobilize people to vote no. And at that phone call, I thought, right, we'll do something. And I came up with the idea of having a debate in the church, and I invited Justice Rita Macarao, who was 
uh, High Court judge to speak. She wanted to, she was going to speak in favour of the new constitution. The Deputy Director General of Broadcasting, he spoke in favour of the new constitution. And then I got two leading lawyers from the NCA to speak on the other side of the argument. So you're talking in a country which is oppressed by a despot and where you don't hear both sides of the argument. There's only one opinion, Mr. Mugabe's. It was a Wednesday night. And this lovely, quite traditionally built, <laughs> black lady comes up and she says to me, Ah, Father, what is this? I said to Auntie Lukia, you just sit back, relax, you're going to love this. Anyway, so we went and set off, and, they, and the, it was a debate. They debated the Macarau and, and the, other, the, the whole thing. And, and there were hundreds of people there. The church was absolutely packed. And suddenly... These people who were never exposed to what you get exposed to in, in the, in, in, as, as free, free people, the other side of the argument, they were hearing it from both sides. And the silence depend, descended on these people. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Anyway, they, at the end, they had, we, 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 we took the vote and Mr. Mugabe, uh, was thoroughly defeated. And that got onto the front page of the newspaper the next day, and we were from then on in trouble. It wasn't long after that we had to leave the church, and the church, our congregation, St. Luke's Greendale, were driven from their church. They, 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 I left, and then within probably a year, 18 months, St. Luke's was, they used to meet up at the Roman Catholic Church. They couldn't meet in the Catholic Church because of the, but they, they could meet in the church hall, and for years, they 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 met in the in 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 in, in the Roman Catholic Church. The, this was my people. This was my congregation. It was just anyway. Um, sorry. After that initial debate, we then carried on having debates about issues going on in the society. A few years, about four years ago, they they were able to go back to their building, St. Luke's Church. And about two weeks ago, Carol found on the internet that St. Luke's are holding public debates again on national issues. And I was just, when I, when I read that, I was so, so pleased. It's, it's, it's really, it's legendary, you know, it's, it's, it's legacy stuff, because the ideas they got then, they saw something, and they're still doing it now, and I'm sure they're still in trouble now. But anyway, that's just a personal thing. Let's go to this passage where Jesus talks about watching, watching for his second coming. Now, I don't know about you, but my trouble with this is, okay, yes, I get it. I get I should be watching. But how? How do we keep watching for his coming? And it's, we're not going to spend all day every day, are we? Well, you might, but I won't. 
Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? So how do we do this? Because it's clear that Jesus is very serious. It's very serious. He's, he's very serious here. He doesn't talk about it just, just in this passage. He talks about it in other places. He talks about watching for the time of his coming. Watching and being ready for the time of his coming. And what I want to do today is to, to look at how. How can we watch and be ready? Now, I believe the clue is, is, is in this way. One of the principles of interpretation of the scriptures that goes right back to, 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 to ancient times, to Jesus' time, is that you, you, there's the text and then there's all the other text around it. What's it saying? What are the other things which are being said? And if you look at it, the whole of chapter 24 and the whole of chapter 25 are all to do with the time of Jesus coming again. And I believe that the how is answered for us in chapter 25. And the how we get ready and watch and how we be, how we can be ready is contained in the story of the three parables in Matthew 25. The first parable is the parable of the ten virgins. These, it, it's obviously a cultural thing of that time, but the idea was that there were, these, these women went off to wait for the time when the bridegroom came. Would, 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 would come. And, and some of them took enough oil to, so they could keep their lamps burning, and others, did, five of them, five had enough oil, five of them did not have enough oil. And, and the bridegroom came late, and they, five of them ran out of oil. And that means that they were not ready to receive the bridegroom when he comes. The point is that the, and the, the five that had the oil, they then went in to celebrate with the, with, with the bridegroom. The others had to go off and get oil. They weren't ready. The first, what this passage is talking about is about keeping our relationship with God fresh. Because if your relationship with God is being refreshed every day, you will be ready when Jesus comes. But if you start leaving off things that you know you should be doing, you start, oh, it's ages since I read the scriptures, ages since I listened to some Christian podcasts, I listened to some music. You, you let, you let it slide. You, you stop doing the things and, 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 and hopefully you've, you've formed by now daily habits where you've got a habit of reading the scripture a little bit or, or listening to, to the Bible as you drive to work on, 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 you know, through your phone or something. But you're, you're, you're getting, you're getting your soul, your spirit refreshed in word and sacrament and, 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 and prayer and through Reading by reading Christian books, whatever, whatever it is that you do to keep your own faith alive. Because the, if your faith is living, whenever it is that Christ comes, you'll be ready. 
Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We have enough of the Holy Spirit in us because we're doing the disciplines. We're doing the things we know we should do. So that's the first how we can watch and be ready. The second how is in the parable of the talents. In the parable of the talents, the one joker is given a whole lot of stuff by God and he uses it for God. And the other joker doesn't use what God's given him. Doesn't even invest it in anything. So that when Jesus comes, when, when, when the master comes back, he hasn't, he's done nothing with what, all that he was given. And the point is that you and I have been given an awful lot. It's not just material things. We have our intelligence. We have relationships with other people. We have friendships. We have relationships into our families. We have health. We have all the, all the things which are around us. And we've got talents. We've got things, our abilities and skills that we can use. And as we use those things which God gives us, we're keeping ourselves ready for Jesus' coming. When we take what God has given to us and we don't use it, then we're not ready. So yeah, it's all about all the things which, which, which go to make up life. Hard work, yes, yeah, definitely. Taking time to make phone calls to people that you care about and all that. And then the third parable is the parable of the sheep and the goats where some the people some people just they hear about people who are in need and they just don't care about them and others hear about people in need in prison sick in hospital naked poor and and the, the people who are ready for Jesus are the people who care for those who have, whose society looks down on. The people who, who fail in life. Or the people who need help. The people who need someone to go and just sit there and be there and talk to them. To visit them. We know that we can't all do the work of like the Grace Trust. We can't do that. We can't, all of us can't do that. Yeah? Jerry and, 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 and David and the others, they're all, they're all doing that work of looking after these people who, who society marginalizes. Yes? And we can support them and stuff like that. But what's interesting for me about that is, I happened to be with Carol once and this dear lady was grilling Carol because she, her attitude was, why are you doing that for those people? They're just lazy. They should just get out there and get a job. And why should we have food banks? And, 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 and it's just these people are just, they're, they're, they're no goods. Why do you, why do you do anything for them? What a waste of your life. The point is this. Her attitude 
was the kind of attitude, if you have that attitude towards the prisoner, towards the poor, towards people in hospital or whatever it is, if you have that kind of attitude, you will not be ready for the second coming. You won't. You'll be on the wrong side. <laughs> hey? It's attitude. You might not be able to get out there with Jerry and do stuff, but you could have an attitude of saying, yeah, we need the poor looked after. Yeah? We need those who, who, who life deals some really tough cards and they, they don't play them that well. We have somewhere where they can go and get help. Yeah? An attitude of compassion. Yeah? With the wrong attitude, with a hard attitude, we're in trouble. When the second coming happens, we're not going to be ready. And God wants us to be ready. God doesn't want us to fail this test. So watch, friends. Watch. Keep yourself fresh. Keep your relationship with God fresh. And I know some of you will be having some tough, tough, tough times. I know that. All of us go through tough times. And we're just like hanging on. (laughs) But keep hanging on. Don't give up. Never give up. And use your skills. Use your abilities. Use use your friendships, your relationships. And care. Care for others. Be ready. Watch. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, we pray that you do a work in our lives which is just so wonderful that we wouldn't believe it if we were told of it. Amen.